I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever, we're basically everywhere. You can find us on TuneIn. Uh, We're on an app called Verbal. Yeah. Anyway, if they offer a rating method like being able to give us five stars, please do that because it helps us more than you know. It pushes us up and and gets more eyes on us. So if you want more men to see this podcast because you think it will benefit them, man, drop a comment or something. Like all this kind of stuff boosts us in the algorithm. All right. This week, joining me is a man named Dave Anderson, better known as the business bully. He reached out to me on Instagram, actually. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, can you get me on your podcast? I was like, sure. I looked at his stuff. He has a really big following on Instagram. And uh, I started watching interviews with him. He's like all over the radio. Um, yeah, he's he's everywhere. He's, <laughs> I guess people call him the Black Gary V. Uh, which is a really funny thing. He and I talk about that in this episode. But yeah, he's a mo- motivational speaker, a multimedia personality, a business coach. He's written like 20 some odd books or whatever. He's a fascinating dude. And I'm really glad that he reached out to me and uh, we were able to get this recorded. So I will give you that conversation right after these words. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I often get inundated in my DMs on TikTok and Instagram with guys asking me for online dating tips. How should I respond to this message? How should I set up my profile? How do I start a conversation? Look guys, I'm a podcast host, not a dating coach. 
That's why I've partnered with one of the best dating coaches in the industry. You may know him as Performance Potential on TikTok, but I know him as Evan. And Evan has come up with one of the best dating app coaching programs in the industry that he's calling the Dating Dynamic. If you click the link in the description and use my promo code COMEONMAN30 at checkout, you will get 30% off the cost of his program because you're one of my listeners. You often hear that 80% of women are only going for the top 20% of men on dating apps. Well, this course is guaranteed to show you how you can be in that top 20%. So quit complaining and do something about it. Click the link in the description to sign up for the Dating Dynamic program today and get 30% off when you use my promo code COMEONMAN30. Again, click the link in the description and get 30% off when you use my promo code COMEONMAN30. Be in the top 20%. All right, joining me this week is Dave Anderson, better known worldwide as the business bully. He's a motivational speaker, a multimedia personality, business coach, and an Amazon number one best-selling author of books like Pitch, Close, Upsell, Repeat, Sell It Like Jesus, Hallelujah. <laughs> Common Sense Ain't Common, and about 20 or so others. What's going on, Dave? Man, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, brother. I love this show. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you like it. You've, I mean, you, uh, I, I was watching one of your interviews. You've been doing like radio since you were nine years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I did radio uh, when I was nine. I retired at 34. And then, you know, I got smart and realized there's a lot more money behind the scenes than it was, you know, on the mic telling people to hold on and play the latest record from Bruno Mars. Damn that. <laughs> that, like, uh, I mean, the, the terrestrial radio industry is sort of going downhill now with, with everything, right? I mean, with satellite oh, yeah. radio and podcasting and... You know what it's like? There's always that one relative in your family that's so evil that it holds on for dear life no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you know, right. I mean, it's hooked up. It's got the tubes. It's got everything. Yeah. Radio. It just won't <laughs> die. I just want to take it. I just want to take it out to the back. You know, just quick. Get out of this misery. I saw, uh, I was listening to, uh, actually, I, I mean, I listen to radio sometimes when I'm driving. I'm listening to mm-hmm. Jack, Jack FM. And mm-hmm. uh, the Jack FM format, it's basically like they got rid of all the people. They just put it on automation and they're like, here we go. This, yeah. is, this is how we do it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to know, uh, how'd you get the name The Business Bully? You seem like a likable guy. I am a likable guy. Here's the problem. <laughs> I have this thing about telling you the truth, Right. And I don't like, you know how some people are just assholes for the sake of being assholes. That's not my thing. Um, but if you continue to do the same thing, what I'm going to say to you is going to come off in an assholey kind of way. So there was a guy. And let's just say for, for sake of arguments and anonymity to protect the guilty that he sold, I don't know, muffins. Right. Okay. Guy sold muffins. He wasn't really selling a bunch of muffins, just, you know, a couple here, a bake sale there. And he didn't he didn't know how to move his business to the next level, had no money or resources for marketing and was pretty much just a little whiny bitch. Right. OK. Like and he was in a Facebook form asking for help for the eight millionth time. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I had met with the guy and I said, listen, I'm happy. I, I love what you have. The muffins are delicious. I'm, I'm here for the blueberry. But, uh, buddy, um, 
I'm going to have to put money into this, which means I'm going to need 40% of the company, right? Well, you're going to take 40% of my company. I'm like, last month you had a whopping total of zero muffins sold, which means you made $0. Mm -hmm. So I could take 40% of zero and turn it into something, or you can have 100% of nothing and be exactly where you are. And somebody else commented on that uh, on that thread where he was like, Dave, every time I say something, you're you're upset. And somebody, and the guy, the other guy says, Dave Anderson, you need to leave that guy alone. You're a you're a business bully. I said, no, bitch, I'm the business bully. And then I call my trademark attorney. <laughs> I like Listen, it. I, I know a good moniker when I hear one. Yeah, you're like, ooh, ooh. is that the sound <laughs> of a cash register? Ching. <laughs> in your uh, in your media kit, you have a picture of you and Gary V. Tell me that story. Yes. What, what were you doing with Gary V? Okay, so there, there's a few things I don't play on, right? Okay. One, I, I don't play when it comes to my family, and I do not play on color lines. By that, I mean this: um, there are people who will say that um, you know Viola Davis is the Black Meryl Streep, or uh, Denzel Washington is the black Al Pacino. And then um, I was getting these messages and, and comments and things I didn't understand. And they said, well, Dave Anderson, you're the black Gary Vee. And I said, well, okay, well, first of all, who the fuck is Gary Vee and why should I care? Uh-huh. And then, you know, about six months into this black Gary Vee thing, I was like, well, let me just see what this dude's about. So I did a Google search. I bought all his books. I read his stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And one day, so you ever just have a day where it wasn't the thing, but it was the last thing that happened to you. And it's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, sure. Some guy was like, yeah, Dave Anderson, you're like the black Gary V with all the things that you're doing. And I said, oh, okay. And I got on, I got, I don't remember if it was Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but I was like, I am not the black Gary V. I am my own damn person. Let me be great, damn it. And I tagged Gary V in it and I hit send. And I went on about my day. I think we were making nachos or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I come back to my phone and it's like 1800 messages, you know, 1500 friend requests. Like it was it was insane. Yeah. And what had happened was my assistant had uh gotten a hit from his people and they said, "Well, look, let's sit down so on and so forth." So I went and I did this podcast and you know, Gary and I have been, you know, good friends ever since, man. Brilliant dude. Um learned a lot from him. Like I'm I'm happy to call him friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a great overall dude, man. But, you know, the comparisons are going to be what they are. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I saw that you were trained by Les Brown. Now, for, for people that don't know who he is, he's a motivational speaker. He was married to Gladys Knight. And he certainly was. And was a member of the Ohio House of Representatives. How did you get involved yeah. with Les? Okay, so when I was a little kid, <laughs> my mom would try to do things to enrich my mind because we were poor kids, you know. So okay. uh, she'd sit me in front of like PBS and we would watch things. And one day she sat me in front of PBS and Les Brown was in a room where he was the raisin and buttermilk. It was a room full of white folks and Les Brown. And he had them like on the edge of their seat. And I've never seen no shit like that unless it's Bill Cosby, you know, at like Radio City Music Hall. I had never seen a black guy just up there. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. And I was like, yo, I'm going to do that. Like, yo, if that dude, like, I knew at 12, I was like, this dude is powerful. Um, I was like, uh, let's go ahead and study this guy. So, I, you know, I, I read all his books, those types of things. I when, I, when I retired from radio, I did a show on Blog Talk 
And my manager at the time was like, yo, you'll never guess who I've got booked. And I'm like, who? You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not thinking. He's like, you got to get Les Brown. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So um, talk to Les. And then I hadn't talked to him for like three months, but I would call him like every weekday. Just like, hey, it's Dave Anderson. I got some ideas for you, so on and so forth. And so around two months after me calling him every weekday, Monday through Friday, around 10 o'clock, he calls one day. He said, boy, you've been blowing up my phone. You must have something amazing for me. And I'm like, I do. He was like, well, what do you want? I said, I want to speak like you speak. You know, and a check wouldn't hurt, but I definitely want to speak like you speak. Sure. And so he taught me, you know, his techniques and I went out with him and I built his social media. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the reason the man is a millionaire again. I'm just going to say that I helped lay the foundation to get his his numbers where they are. So Les is an amazing dude, um, you know, phenomenal speaker. Love everything about Les. He's, he's dope, man. Like he's he's the best to ever do it. Who? Who else have been some of your biggest influences? Um, I don't want to be cliche, but like my mom, my dad, mm-hmm. you know, my big brother, he's a cop, an amazing guy. Um, I am like really intrigued by Steve Jobs marketing principles. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought, you know, he was dope. I, I love Da Vinci. The fact that Da Vinci had ADHD and bipolar and when they didn't have those things, but just behaviorally. You know, I relate to that because sometimes creatives just don't have the capacity. Um, I'm very moved by Jesus. I think Jesus is dope. Like, not from a religious or spiritual sense, but just from the sense that you can make people drop whatever you or whatever they're doing and follow you. You a bad man. If you can collect $33 million every Sunday from the black church alone, you are a bad man. You know, <laughs> when you have the Swiss guard guiding somebody whose only job is to be the closest representative of you on the planet, you're a bad man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who might be a better salesman than Jesus? Who? The Apostle Paul. Ooh, talk about that, brother. You ain't lying. 75% of the New Testament? Yeah, that dude took it, took that message that Jesus spread around you know, the mm-hmm. Middle East there and took it all over Europe. Like he was the biggest proponent of Christianity until they killed him, you know? But. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, I think the thing about the apostle Paul, which was dope because Jesus realized that there were certain things he didn't do. He went out and got a bunch of people. He got fishermen and tax collectors. The one thing he never converted was a Pharisee. So he went on the road to Damascus and got him a Pharisee that was really good at killing Christians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that dude went on to write 75% of the new Testament. Like, Paul is dope. Paul really, Paul is the marketer. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the person that has the message and then there's like the Facebook ads person. Paul is the Facebook ads person, you know, on Jesus's team. Like he's like, oh, we're going to get these numbers up. Don't even, don't even worry. Christ, I, look, I got this. Yeah. Cool. So I'll report back with the, with the, with the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to turn me upside down to stop this flow. I'm telling you that right way. So, <laughs> You know, uh, going back to, to Steve Jobs, I saw a documentary where uh, I, I think it was like this venture capitalist. It was a documentary on venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. And they said that when they first met Steve Jobs, um, they walked into a room. Steve Jobs was was sitting in a in a meeting room and had his bare feet up on the, the meeting desk. And the guy mm-hmm. walked in there and he was like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm funding this operation. Get your fucking feet off the desk, you know? Had to right. tell Steve Jobs that Steve Jobs was like this hippy dippy type mm-hmm. guy, and this this venture capitalist had to 
teach him how to be a, a CEO of a company. Yeah. You ever experienced yeah. something like that? Um, <laughs> I am the most unconventional CEO there is, bro. Like I'm showing up in, in sweatpants, you know, I'm chewing gum. Like I'm not going to do the weird quirky shit, but, mm -hmm. um, I, again, when I was a kid, my mom would take me and show me things. And I saw, uh, I saw Peter Pan on Broadway. Okay. And there's a song in there that says, I won't grow up. I don't want to wear a tie or a serious expression in the middle of July. I took that shit to heart, bro. Like, I am so unconventional with the way that I handle myself. Do I like to throw on nice clothes? Absolutely. The difference is I don't think I should have to dress for success because the majority of people I know who dress for success can't buy my socks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these yeah. people are out here, like my, my kid, she, she goes to Howard University in DC, right? Yeah. And we were, we were on campus and I'm like, honey, who are those kids? And she said, oh, those are the business majors. I said, but why are they dressed in, you know, business attire? Well, they're the business majors and that's what they told them. I said, I went up to them. I said, listen, I make more money than your professors. They're selling you a bill of goods. Nobody cares how you dress. They care about whether or not you can get the job done. If that's what you want to do and walk up in here, you're 19 years old, looking like you're 47 and burnt out already. Yeah, nah. You know, but like I've had to coach clients to answer your question i've had to coach clients as to how to conduct themselves professionally mm -hmm. how to understand the importance of managing up and managing down not talking over your audience those types of things but i've never had like i put my foot up on the desk type of situation like because you don't care about yeah, it's piddly stuff yeah. right it's to me like that's so like <laughs> I don't care about what, you, bro, like you, you could be a Nazi skinhead for all I care. Mm -hmm. Can you get done what I need you to get done? Cool. Knock yourself out there, <laughs> bald man. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, what do I do, bro? Like, uh -huh. I think we spend so much time worrying about what other people think and what other people think about us and what we think about them and how we want to be perceived that nothing tangible gets done. Nobody cares about, you know, your, your mama's on crack. Nobody cares. You know, like, have you ever gone to a McDonald's and cared about what was going through the mind of the snot-nosed, piece-of-face kid who handed you your Big Mac meal? Hell no, you didn't. <laughs> you want to know why? Because you're focused on the, the one thing that everybody's focused on, and that's results. Nobody cares about your sob story. Can you do it or not? Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. And if we take that approach, then the rest of that hoity-toity, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing and buy them a Coke. Like, you <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Now you uh you graduated from Temple University. Sure did. You have a degree in broadcasting, communications, and mass media with a minor in business. And Correct. and I saw you on the the Breakfast Club interview, and you said that you learned more in business though than you did in business school. Absolutely. Um. So I like when I was a kid. I had it beaten into me from my parents that like, I'll never be anything in life unless you at least have a bachelor's degree. So I was like a robot, you know, I was like, I have to get a bachelor's degree. This is what I have to do. I ended up going to college and getting my degrees. But after getting into the career that I ended up getting into, I noticed that there was plenty of people making it <laughs> being just as successful without the degrees. And I, so I don't teach my kids that I don't teach my kids that you have to go to college. I, I say, you know, if, it depends on what career you want to go into, right? Like if you mm -hmm. want to be a doctor, you have to right. do it. 
but uh, otherwise, like there's other ways to be successful. Do you, do you recommend college to young kids? No. Okay. You, well, here's the thing, right? We got, you know how we talk about big pharma yep. or big tobacco? Nobody wants to talk about big college. Right. Right? So we're the only, we're the only Western superpower that is gouging our, our financial future with tuition fees, right? The most debilitating thing in this country is not, you know, racial issues, it's debt to income ratio. Unfortunately for me as a black man growing up in a society that tells black people, the only way you can be successful is to go out here and get education because for 500 years, they said that you couldn't read. Mm -hmm. So now, you're going into a situation where the, the, the books are paid for, the school is paid for, the professors are paid for, hell, even the daggone cafeteria is paid for, but they're charging you so much for the seat. And then they'll give you a loan for that, but they won't give you a loan for the business mm -hmm. that you would want to start. So you want to give a 17-year-old an, an immeasurable amount of money to get something where only 27% of all graduates, regardless of major, are actually working in the thing that they majored in. Mm -hmm. That means 72% have not, which means the college education system is failing. So why is it that we know that the college education system is failing, but every year that tuition cost goes up, right? The other part of that is this. My oldest daughter said, I wanna go to college. I'm like, all right, that's a choice. I don't think you have to, but she wanted the experience. I'm not going to stand in your way. Mm -hmm. I went to college because that was the thing my mom wanted. Okay, cool. No problem. I'm 17. What am I going to do? Right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the thing for me, though, is there's a kid named Ryan. And Ryan is like eight years old. And Ryan made $26 million last year reviewing toys. He's eight. Mm -hmm. $26 million. He doesn't manufacture a damn thing. He just reviews toys. Yeah. So if an eight-year-old kid can make damn near $30 million a year on YouTube, you're going to have to justify to me while we're sending a bunch of kids who aren't built for school, who hate school, you know, who you tell in one voice as a parent, be exactly who you want to be. But in the next voice, you're sending them to a place that's telling them to be like everybody else. Kids come home with anxiety talking about, oh, I don't know how to fit in because we want everybody to fit in. Mm -hmm. There's, there's the whole system is horrible. And then there's no guarantee of anything. That's literally like you putting up $200,000, right? Mm -hmm. You go into your family and saying, hey, we're going to buy this house. Now, there's a 27% chance that the house would be absolutely wonderful. Nothing wrong with it, this, that, and the third. And then there's a 73% chance that this thing will sink into the ground. Mm -hmm. I don't know about your wife, but my wife would be like, Negro, please. <laughs> but... We suspend disbelief when it comes to college. And again, doctor, lawyer, architect, engineer, marine biologist, knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. If it's what you want to do, knock yourself out. But realize that when you get out, that debt is going to hurt you. That debt to income ratio is going to impact you. And every last one of my friends who were like doctors, lawyers, attorneys, uh, you know, architects, all that type of good stuff. Do you know what happened their first 10 years after graduation? What's that? They were broke as hell. You want to know why? Because they had to pay back hundreds of thousands of student loans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, no. And, and here's the kicker, right? We live in a country where right now I could take $100,000 and buy a medical office. 
I'm not a doctor, don't play one on TV, have no desire to play one. But if I own the medical office, I'm getting paid. No mm -hmm. student loans. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Now, uh, you described yourself as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, besides your consulting business, uh, writing books, podcasting, what what kind of businesses have you started? What other businesses have you started? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't have time to tell you all the failures, um, but uh, that's my next question, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be a long show then. No, but um, I have, I have a cleaning business based out of Oklahoma that I'm about to uh, set up for a franchise model. Mm. Um, I have a, a business called the Winston box, which is a subscription clothing line for big and tall men um, that comes right to your door. Cause I mean, extremely uh, neglected, market i've been big all my life i used to be 100 pounds bigger than this six months ago but yet still congratulations big people thank you sir i'm still working on it listen july 2022 no shirts bro yeah i gave him 44 years of shirts no shirts <laughs> mm -mm. i'm gonna walk around like the rock circa 1997 with just a versace shirt open that's it and this, Fuck yeah. that, that's all as right. much as you get i like it but yeah. no um aside, <laughs> aside from that you know i i have a, I have a voiceover business um, I have a record label distributed by Sony. You know, I have my hands in a, a I've got a travel agency. There's a bunch of stuff um, that we do that just make a lot of sense. Like I have a publishing uh, company, you know, because, well, I write a lot of books. Might as well, you know, get, get it on the back end too. Yeah. You know, so those types of things and a myriad of others that I'm not thinking about because I do what smart people do. Yeah. I own things. I don't run them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you, it's funny you, you mentioned you have a cleaning business, and mm -hmm. it just made me think of. Uh, do you know? Do you know Bob Proctor? Do you know who Bob Proctor is? Yes, of course I do. Yeah, Bob Proctor. He's a, I, I follow him all the time, and he tells this story about someone gave him a copy of Think and Grow Rich, and uh, like, like a, a little while later, he started a cleaning business. Next thing you know, like a year after that, he was making a million dollars. Then he took it mm -hmm. to like a bunch of different countries and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that that just made me think of that. So. Going to uh, failed businesses, like oh, yeah. you don't have to you don't have to list all of them, obviously, but uh, you you have a you have a few. Oh God, yes. Um, I had I had a buddy uh -huh. um, who was working on the rebrand of MySpace. You know when Justin Timberlake got involved mm. and that whole thing, and he comes to me, he says, "Listen, there's this guy I want you to meet. He has this thing called Hang With, and it's going to be huge. And basically, it was live streaming before Facebook got into it, before Periscope, before Meerkat. You know." And this was going to be a thing. We went out, we got 50 Cent, we got Larry the Cable Guy, we got all these folks. And um, yeah, have you ever been on Hang With? Never even heard of it. Because it failed, that's why. <laughs> you know, because you, you build this thing up and you think sure. that this thing is really going to go. And it was phenomenal. Like you could stream to YouTube, you could, like all that stuff that StreamYard and all this stuff. We were doing that stuff in 2014. Yeah. The problem was we thought that maybe, you know, Zucks or somebody was going to buy it. And well, we know what Zucks does. He's the Borg, you know, <laughs> he'll just assimilate what works for him and then discard you, you sure. know, him and Bezos. So that didn't work. Um, in 2004, when two way pages were at their height, I had a business called uh, hitmeonthehip.com, which was all about events and things heading right to your two way. I had uh, Birdman from Cash Money give me endorsement, Beyonce, like all these folks, right? Um, and then BlackBerry, you know, and then smartphones and camera phones, and there was no need for a two-way pager. So, well, yeah. there went that. 
2001, I had a business called mp3imaging.com. Now, imaging, in case you don't know, is the stuff you hear between the songs. You're listening to the best of hard rock, rock 105 and rock 101. Carolina's pure rock. That's imaging, right? Right? So at the time, people were getting their imaging packages, their commercials on um, reel-to-reel tape. And my whole thing is, I can cut down on costs, I can cut down on production time, I can cut down on delivery time and completely disrupt the industry by just emailing you the files. At that point, I know that sounds insane yeah. now, but right 20 years off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2001 pre 9-11, oh, that, that was some genius shit. The problem was radio suffers from the same thing it suffered from then that it does now. It is stuck in tradition. And the, the program directors and the production directors couldn't understand. And they heard computer, they heard attachment, they heard download, and they saw virus. We're, we're <laughs> two years, we're, we're less than two years removed from Y2K. Yeah, yeah. So in their mind, virus. So that went belly up. Like, I, oh, man, I have failed my way to greatness, brother. Failed. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about failure that uh, a lot of people are just afraid to fail. So they don't want to even try. Mm-hmm. But like failure teaches you a lot of stuff. And yeah. so I, uh, what, did, what did those failed ventures teach you? Well, the first thing that I learned was that there's never one thing. Like everybody has this thing, because this is what we do in society. We watch these movies. We, we, we hear these stories. Oh, well, I just ran backstage and sang for a person and boom, I got a record deal and I'm selling out arenas or... Oh, you know, I gave this one person, you know, a sandwich and they fell in love with it and boom, Jimmy John's like, that's not how any of this works. It is small concentrated efforts over time and everybody fails. Everybody fails. Like George Washington Carver had a lot more success with the soybean than he did with the peanut. But, you know, we still talk about peanut butter. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to start giving yourself grace. You have to prepare yourself to fail. And also you have to stop being addicted to creature comforts. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to go all out, do you really need the full deluxe cable package? I don't even have cable. I got real cable a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I cut that cord, bro. The second they said, I don't, I can stream this. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you don't need an iPhone every six months. You know, the, the purses need to go. Like, if this is what you want to do, you will put your all into it, and then you can get your reward great. But we want to we wanna, we wanna thrive while we're struggling to survive. And, and you can't do those two things together and do them well sustainably. You know, the other thing that I learned is that everybody loves you when you're winning. Mm-hmm. But it's lonely when you're trying to figure it out. It is lonely when you're losing. It is lonely when you're failing. So be very careful as to whose company you allow to keep around you, right? Examine all your relationships and deal with people who have always been there for you, who loved you when you couldn't do anything for them. I mean, and those are just the things off the top of my head that I think that I've learned that have served me well. Sounds good. One thing too, uh, in one of your interviews, you mentioned you ended up homeless at one point. What, what happened yeah. there? Oh, I got I got fired from a radio gig mm-hmm. um, and the the host was bipolar and I was in an I was in a thankless situation where I had to try and as an executive producer wrangle the host 
based upon what corporate wants and then still keep the host happy who was also one of my dearest friends and it just became very very messy um the funny thing about me in my radio days was they used to call me radio tupac that wasn't my name it was just a nickname that the industry gave me because it was like i get shot the next thing you know like first off fuck your bitch and you click you claim i would just go across and kick your ass Mm -hmm. you know like that's just what it was oh you're firing me oh we wait till this non-compete runs out I am going to rock your world. And that's what I did. And mm-hmm. so the funny thing was everybody else thought that, oh, man, this, this, this dude's next move is going to be crazy. And I didn't have any next move because people forget that even though Tupac got shot, Tupac died the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, everything that didn't really love me left me. And I wound up, uh, I wound up sleeping in my truck and I would, uh, I would go into like Walmart parking lots and, and like put my truck in between like two tractor trailers to hide my stuff because most of my worldly possessions um, were in that. And then I would wash up at a uh, quick trip gas station in Arlington, Texas. Um, you know, it was it was hectic, bro. Because like when you get fired in radio, unless you have really, really good friends, it's like being written off of a soap opera. Nobody talks about you. Nobody knows you. Your number hasn't changed. Nobody calls you. It, it, it's very humiliating. It is very debilitating. Um, I was extremely depressed. Mm-hmm. I was lonely. I was frustrated. And I was like, yeah, I'm never going to put myself in this situation again where somebody has that much control over me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's just what it was. Oh, and it doesn't help that there are people who are only telling one side of the story and not the things that were happening to give people a complete... Um, picture so i would go for an interview and be like oh we've heard about you so yeah you're not going to get this job and i'm like yeah you know so yeah that 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 was um that is one of the reasons i work as hard as i do because i like my family don't know nothing about that yeah they'll never see it they don't mm -mm. yeah it's i I mean the stories like that are are super inspiring though i mean because uh man when I first started this podcast, I was trying to find uh, someone who was like a self-made millionaire, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, you always hear stories about people, you know, trust fund kids that get a hand out, hand up and, and, you know, uh, I mean, it's, so, some people like, uh, you know, whether you like his pl- politics or not, you know, like Donald Trump, he, right. his dad gave him a million dollars. He turned it to a couple billion dollars. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's success. Uh, yes. So, but still he, he got a, you know, he got a hand, hand up. But yeah. but someone like you, that's been like, you can't get lower than that. No. <laughs> and then to be able to turn that around, that's uh, that's an inspiring story to me. Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate it. Um, tell tell us some about some of your uh, clients that you've coached. What what kind of things have you done to turn them around? A lot of times you'll be shocked. Um, the things that are obvious to me aren't obvious to most people. Mm-hmm. For example, there's usually the like if you've gone to a mechanic, right? They do a you know 10-point inspection or whatever. I don't I'm not a mechanic, so I'm not, but I know they do some type of inspection to check the you know the um the 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 the, the integrity of the car, right? Making sure that it's running, the tires are on straight, whatever it is, right? Um you'd be surprised how many people don't know what they don't know because they've been jimmy rigging and bootstrapping their whole situation. And so I'll come in and I'll say, Hey, um, how many people in your email list? And like, what, what, what email list? I'm like, 
So like, you know, a, a lot of the things are fundamental. So you have to have a way. Like social media is a phenomenal tool, but you have to have a way to engage your audience that does not rely upon Zucks. Mm-hmm. Because if you're relying upon Zucks, you know, and, and Andrew and all the rest of them, you are at their mercy because at any given time they can snap their fingers like Thanos and your ass is out of here. So we want to make sure that we're creating touch points and lines of communications that are direct between the business, the business owner, and the consumer or the audience, right? Um, so I had I had uh, a couple, the Gibsons, right, in the midst of the pandemic, like March, they said, hey, we were, we were at the store and we, did, we couldn't find any toilet paper and it got us to thinking. I said, thinking what? And they said, we want to start a toilet paper company. I said, I love it. So we started this company called Triumph Tissue. And what we did was we created a subscription toilet paper delivery service. So you don't have to waste no gas to wipe your ass. Right. So <laughs> Triumph Tissue. Was that the slogan? Yes. I love it. I, I okay. did that. And then, you know, my last name's Anderson. So all throughout school, people would go, Mr. Anderson, as if I'd never heard that joke. But I was pulling people out of the matrix. And so what I did was, if you look at the second matrix, the Merovingian says, I like to curse in French. It's like wiping your ass with silk. I was like, boom, Triumph Tissue is like wiping your ass with silk. Yeah. We made the logo purple and gold because those are regal colors, right. you know. And then I'm a big Barry Gordy fan. Barry Gordy had groups like the Temptations and the Supremes and the, the Four Tops, the Miracles. Names mean things. So if it says Triumph Tissue, that means we've already won. Screw yeah. you, Scott Paper. You know, and, <laughs> and that's... And that's the thing. And so then I started giving it to, you know, different celebrities and influencers and, you know, it took off. So they're doing very quite, they're doing quite well. They, they bought like, I think like 80 acres of land in rural Georgia. They're doing phenomenally well. I had another client uh, named Kelly Thomas who was doing an online lingerie business. And what wound up happening was I said, well, you know, what sizes do you have? She said, we've got everything from this to, you know, triple M. I'm like, Dude, somebody has a bra size of triple M. What does that look like? <laughs> you know, and then it dawned on me like if we just focus on the plus size women and making them feel sexy, it's a it's a it's a money maker. So that's how Kelly's Closet was born, and she's murdering it. And then now she and her son have a selfie museum um, as well, right here, um, just outside of Philadelphia. I've got clients. I've got a client on the West Coast who had uh, four kids and had one business. It was a small credit repair business. She also we turned that business into four other businesses. So we've got an entire credit curriculum specifically for what's happening in the Emirates, which is different than, you know, how we operate our credit here. Um, we've got a, a certified nurses aides curriculum that we use. We've got a concierge service for other credit repair uh, businesses. So, you know, she's she's doing about a, a million two this year. Mm. So the whole the whole gag is if we just make the small tweaks. And we don't take our greatness and our genius for granted. There's amazing things that can be done. Like everybody thinks that just because you're gifted at something that everybody else has to be gifted in it the same way. And that's not true. There's only one Serena Williams. There's only one Michael Jordan. There's only one you. There's only one me. By the way, 10 points for the pork rub shirt. Need that. <laughs> yeah. I got that. Phenomenal. In, uh, I got that at a barbecue place in Georgia. I went to a men's retreat. Uh, back in August. So <laughs> love that. So yeah, man, like I, I, I love, and that's the thing. A lot of these gurus out here will tell you how great they're doing, but they can never point to clients mm-hmm. because the reason that they're doing great is because they're just taking your money and doing absolutely nothing with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that the coach should always make less than his clients or her clients. You know, Phil Jackson didn't make what Michael Jordan make or Shaq or Kobe, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's still Phil Jackson. He's still got 10 rings. Yeah. Because the coach ain't the player, but the coach is there to guide the players. It's, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. And, and that's what we're on, bro. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You mentioned uh, in our, our IMs over uh, Instagram mm-hmm. that uh, there's, there's various tools that you offer to help people build out their businesses. Like what, what kind of tools do you, do you offer? Oh my gosh. So we have our, we have our main uh, program, right? Our main inner circle program is 50 K it's absolutely phenomenal. Like I'll come with the team. We'll come to your business. We'll do the whole top down thing. We'll look at everything you have going on and then we'll put together a comprehensive plan and put all the bells and whistles and, you know, sing the songs and, you know, do the dances. Um, but the average bear <laughs> can't afford that. Let's just be a hundred with it. Right. When yeah. you're trying to love on your family, pay the bills, whatever. So what I did was I wanted to eliminate excuses in everything I do. I want to eliminate the ability for you to go, yeah, but what about? Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I got with a finance company, right? And I took my $50,000 program and I shrunk it and I condensed it to a 90-day program where we can get you to $50,000 in revenue in 90 days or less, mm-hmm. right? And the program is $8,000. But then I got with a finance company that's going to approve you regardless of credit. Because the next thing is, well, even that's too expensive because people just don't have $8,000 lying around, Dave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, we, we, got the, um, we got the finance company to approve you regardless of credit. And 90 days, it's me, my team, unlimited Q&As. We walk you through our digital university. You get access to an amazing community. And when I tell you, like, we're the Neiman Marcus of business development. We've got somebody that strictly handles PR, somebody that does voiceovers and somebody that handles uh, video editing. We've got systems people who go, okay, Chuck, one, month one, you do this, month two, you do that, month three, you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can ask any question that you want. We've got a graphic design team. Oh, your website sucks. It's okay. I've got a whole bunch of folks that do websites here. There's nothing that we can't help you take care of. That way we eliminate the excuses and we know that everything is going to work the way it's supposed to work because we're not leaving it to you and you finding some random guy in Manila, Philippines on Fiverr. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's not going to work. We, if you want to play and make the money the big boys make, then you have to do what the big boys do. So we try to bring that big boy energy into a 90-day program that's going to help you get to where you need to be. So I'm extremely excited about that. If you go to um, the Business Bully on Instagram and you click that first link in my bio, You'll see, you'll see it right there. You can apply. You'll get approved. You know, we, we do ask some qualifying questions because we're not the Statue of Liberty. We have no time for your tired or your poor. We, <laughs> we, need, we, we, need, we, need, we need your energetic and, and, and doing decent enough to afford $320 a month, which is what it breaks down to with financing. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I think that's important. And aside from that, you know, we've got books and, you know, simple courses and all that good stuff. But if you're really trying to make a go at it, like, I'm not playing with it, bro. Like, you ever see the Karate Kid? Hell yeah. This you know is what America. happens in the first? Yeah. Of course. Well, listen, there's some people, that, there's some weirdos out here. Okay. I don't get the big deal about Cobra Kai. No, you're, no, you're a moron. That's why. Yeah. You're an Co- absolute moron. Cobra Kai series is awesome. Yeah. It's so good. But the, the thing of it is, the first 20 minutes of that movie, you know what Daniel's doing? He's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. You know why? Because he's trying to learn karate from a book. 
Right. You're not going to learn karate from a book. This is business karate. I'm going to teach you to wax on, wax off. You're going to think that I'm just having you do my chores, but I'm promising you, when I show you, show me paint the fence, you... You're going to take him to the All-Valley Tournament, dude. Just... All-Valley Tournament, baby. Come away with that crane kick. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> That's just what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's... uh. It's fun, man. It's exciting. I, I I love what I do. Some days I don't feel like doing a damn thing, but for the most part, I absolutely love every minute of it. That's good. That's good. I'll I'll put a link to your uh your Instagram and and your your uh, site in the in the description. Um, one thing I, I wanted to ask you, I I really like sure. what I when I talk to, you know, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read I've read a number of books. You know, like yep. uh, Dan, like Danielson, and <laughs> wealth. And success is a mindset is like a, a yes. big theme in a lot of books. I wanted to get your take on how important is mindset when it comes to business success? Bro, you can't name me one thing in the universe that didn't come from thought first. Right? Mm-hmm. Every, listen, every religion, every denomination, you know, even if you just take the Christians, all of them still say the same thing, Right? Be ye not conformed by this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And all by getting, get an understanding. So mindset is important. Mindset is critical. If you believe that you're going to fail, congratulations, you are a walking masterclass and fail. And I want you to succeed at failure because that's exactly what you're going to do. My whole thing is I read 104 books a year mm-hmm. simply because I want to know what is going to help me get to the next level. I don't think, however, that books without practical application and having the mindset of I'm going to take the data that's important to what I need and then I'm going to discard everything else. So like T.D. Jakes would say, eat the meat and discard the bones. Your mindset is your first and most important line of defense against everybody telling you that you can't do it because they've never seen anybody do it, or you're a single mom, so that's never going to fly, or that doesn't make any sense. You're a 30-year-old rapper, or that doesn't make any sense. You're a guy doing a podcast about men getting themselves together, wearing a pork rub t-shirt. No one's going to listen to that thing. Like, at some point, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, And that's the thing, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that I can do it, bro. I've got a bumblebee mindset. And I don't mean the Autobot. I mean the actual bumblebee. Bumblebee's got a big old body, right? Tiny little wings. Aerodynamically, it is the worst built flying machine ever. It's not supposed to fly. The funny thing is the bee don't give a rat's ass about your science. It don't know nothing about it. <laughs> That's it. So it flies anyway. You don't care what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you believe it, she can do it like I remember when I was a kid, when I was in college, I did this one time and I've never done it again. I told unworthy people my dreams. Mm. When I was in college, I told a group of my quote unquote friends, you know, hey, I'm going, I'm going to have my name in lights. I'm going to write a bunch of books. I'm going to speak to people. I'm going to change their lives. I'm going to do all these amazing things. Right. And you're going to look up one day and say, you knew me when. And I said, the biggest thing that I want to do is before I'm 50 years old, I'm going to headline Madison Square Garden. And they fell out laughing, except for one person. I made that one person my chief of staff and we've been rocking ever since. Um, But the thing of it is, I've done everything on that list except Madison Square Garden and I'm only 44. Mm. I don't listen to anybody, but like the message that, like, like, all right, put it to you this way. Everybody hears a call, 
mm-hmm. right? Mary heard a call, was told that she's going to bring forth Jesus, right? Um, Moses heard the, heard the burning bush, was told he's going to deliver his people. Like Muhammad was told that he was going to be Allah's messenger. And everybody ostracized these people for that. The thing of it is, when God gives you a message, God, the universe, whatever you subscribe to, something outside of you, put something inside of you. When they give it to you, it's for you. It is not for you to convince everybody else. You have, you, it's a full-time job convincing yourself that you're not crazy. And then going forth and doing that thing, even when it looks ridiculous. And so, bro, like, I've always had this thing, like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm going to do it. I'm Dave Anderson. And not in an arrogant way, like, it, it's done. Like, yeah. it's a matter, it's going to happen, right? I, I remember when I was in college, and I'll shut up after this when it comes to mindset. I remember when I was in college, a buddy of mine introduced me to these twins, right? One was kind of a tomboy, gorgeous tomboy. Not, I'm not a tomboy. I, I want a girl, right? And um, I'm, I see the twin sister, and she has on this white dress that you could only think that somebody stitched her in it, like had this, like sew her into this dress. And I said, hey, my name's Dave Anderson, and I'm going to marry you. And she said, you're crazy. You know where she is right now? She in the back room there? You're damn right she is. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing, bro. Like, mindset. Like, I believe wholeheartedly that I can do damn near anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's what you have to have in order to do it. Jobs had it. Gandhi had it. You know, Kanye has it. Say what you want about Kanye, but he, he's Mongo rich. Yeah. No, that dude. <laughs> he got did everything a... he said he was going to do. He's it. I. <laughs> I saw an interview with uh, Dave Chappelle and he talked about mm-hmm. how Kanye was uh, backstage at the Chappelle show watching something and someone called him. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, I'm watching some clips from Dave Chappelle. No one's seen him before because I'm Dave Chappelle and I, and my life is dope and I do dope shit. <laughs> like, right. Like that's, that's a fucking awesome mindset right there. I love it. That's it. I mean, you, it's uh, the only way you can have. Yeah. I, I, I agree hundred percent. Like if you don't believe in yourself, like why should anybody else believe in you? Um, right, how are you not going to be your number one fan? Yeah. So I, I did have a question about your 104 books. I saw that in, in one of your interviews. Do you actually sit mm-hmm. down and, and read or do you listen to audiobooks? Both. You do a little bit of both? I do both. You know, like, and here's the thing. There's these people that say, oh, it's cheating. I don't think it's cheating. Okay, so, yeah. you know, and, and I'm like, you're a moron. Is Usain Bolt cheating because he's faster than 90% of the people on the planet? No. Or is he just that damn good? Like, at the end of the day, you use the tools that are available to you. Do you think that that the ghost of um, Benjamin Franklin is somewhere like, oh, my gosh, you mean I was doing this with a printing press and these morons press one button? <laughs> like, no. Like, times change. Things evolve. The whole thing of it is, right, it doesn't matter how I get the information. It matters that I get the information. Sure. And then I'm able to take that information and harness it. Because there could be a, you know, there could be another dumb schmuck from the hood that reads uh, 104 books a year and does absolutely nothing with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the things I, I talk about a lot in the podcast is, you know, you can read, you know, like one of the big things is uh, themes on the podcast is to read like really good books, like multiple times. Right. Yep. And, I, and I'm like, you can read one of these books 5,000 times. If you don't go out and actually implement what you're learning from the book, it's just theory and it makes no difference at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but if you, you actually go out and apply that stuff and actually practice it and see how it works for you and, and, you know, maybe take notes, tweak it a little bit. Like yeah. that's the only way to really take advantage of that, that information. Big facts. Big um, facts. Another thing you, you also said too, was that you said, why watch TV when you have a vision? And uh, that, <laughs> that ah, vision. Yeah. That reminded me, I saw a documentary uh, when I, when I heard you say that I saw a documentary mm -hmm. with uh, Jack Canfield. I don't know if you're familiar with Jack. Canfield. Oh, I know Jack Canfield. Yeah. Chicken soup for the soul. Okay. Yeah. So he, I was watching it, uh, a documentary on, about him and he was saying mm -hmm. that watching TV is wasting time watching people make the money you could be making. Facts. Facts. Now, Keep in mind, I think in all things, moderation, sure. right? When I get an opportunity, if, if a Marvel movie's coming, oh, yeah, goodbye. Don't, don't look for me when Spider-Man comes out. You're not going to find me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be in the theater someplace yeah. with a mask on, like, yeah, no, I'm watching Spider-Man. Kill yourself. You know, it, it, when, when Hawkeye comes on on Wednesday at 3 a.m., I'm watching Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. I'm that guy. Yeah. But... Just to sit there mindlessly all day? No. Like, I'll have the TV on, but I'm working on a million and one different things. You know, I'm talking to the team. I'm figuring stuff out. I think that you should be, like, I feel like TV is a luxury reserved for people who absolutely are moving in the, in the direction that they want to move into. Yeah. Right? My grandfather, with a sixth grade education, referred to it as the idiot box. Mm -hmm. And I said, why do you say that? He said, because mostly idiots watch it. I said, what do you mean? He said, listen, when you watch the news, they're talking to you in a fourth grade level. When you pick up a newspaper, they're reading to you in a fourth grade level. You want to know why? I said, why? He said, because most people are morons. They, they, they can't make it above their mindset. So if the majority of people are, are at, the, at the reading level that you haven't been at since you were three, what does that tell you? I was like, wow, most people are idiots. <laughs> so they have to be entertained, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, Yes, they do have to be in it. He was like, idiot box. Yeah. He was like, what are you reading? And, and, and that was it, man. Like, no education, sixth grade education. Yeah. You know, he got into a fight with a Klansman and wound up uh, lying about his age, ran through the night and found a naval recruitment center and then joined the Navy to save his life from, to keep him from getting lynched. Raised eight kids, all of whom have college degrees, mm -hmm. master's degrees, all of that. My, my uncle taught at MIT, my mother is it, like i come from educators i'm like i'm like kanye you know in that regard like i'm I'm like to hell with school but I, you know I yeah, deal yeah. With professors <laughs> that's it yeah yeah i joined the military myself there was a lot of guys in the military that uh were joining to escape their situation for, <laughs> for sure mm -hmm. it's a good place to go for that yeah another thank thing about what's that thank you for your service oh yeah my pleasure um Another thing too about just, it, uh, we'll stop talking about books is uh, sure. I read uh, The Millionaire Next Door once. And that, that's like mm -hmm. on my list of life-changing books. And, and one of the things that I got out of that well as I was listening to it on audio right. was, uh, was that wealthy people spend a lot of time reading. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you, man, the, the one thing that I realized uh, when I was in college there's a guy named Mace. Like I was a huge bad boy fan when I was a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mace had this song called feel so good. And there's this one line in the song. He says, it's like, y'all be talking funny. I don't understand the language of people with short money. I didn't understand how poignant that was until I stopped hanging around broke people. Mm -hmm. And I watched what rich people do. And I watched what my millionaire friends do and what my billionaire friends do. And it's not what the kids I grew up with do. 
Mm -hmm. right? The conversations are different. They're talking about investments. They're talking about growth. Oh, have you read this book? Do you know Charlie? Charlie knows this person who can do this, that for you. Everybody is operating from a place of service because they're not struggling trying to get something or ho hold on to something or reach for something beyond their grasp. I think that you have to be in the right environment. And if you're not in the right environment, get yourself a bus ticket and get there. Mm. You know, like you, you've got to go where people who are doing the thing that you want to do are doing it, you know? And, and, and that was the thing. Like when I, when I, I'll give you an example. Like when I met Gary, and Gary's not the first millionaire I met, but he's one of the most impactful millionaires I met. When I met Gary, Gary would tell me like little things. And I'd be like, it can't be that simple. Cause my mind is like, it's gotta be more difficult than that. Mm -hmm. He's like, no. And then I would like, I would do what he suggested and then boom, mm -hmm. holy shit. Like this is, this is, it really is that thing. Like it's always the small, subtle things, but you don't know what you don't know until you get around people who do know, right. you know? So, so I believe reading is important. I think Think and Grow Riches is, is, is an amazing book. I think The Go-Giver is good. Seth Godin's Pur Purple Cow is good. Um, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, phenomenal book if you haven't okay. read it. Yep. You know, like I like those types of books. I like books that can teach me things. I'm not a huge personally. I'm not a huge Grant Cardone fan, but I love his books. Oh, absolutely like love Grant his books. Because Grant Cardone has said some things that are empirically racist and, and bigoted that I particularly, as a black person, mm. cannot um, stomach. Like I would never go to Gary V, who yeah. is a Russian Jew, and say I want permission to to say the K word. That is completely reprehensible. It oh. is completely disrespectful. Did Greg Cardone do something got, like that? He, oh, he most certainly did. Go through my, uh, the, I did an entire video on it. Okay. You know, because nobody would believe it because he did it and nobody said anything. Like it was on the front page of TMZ, the whole nine. Like him and Patrick, Bet David were doing a, a talk um, together. I think it was on Grant's show. And he said like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I just want that stamp. I just, I just want permission to say that. And I'm like, do you have any idea how much pain that word causes people. Yeah. Do you have any idea how how insensitive that is? And so for me, like that turned me off of him personally. Okay. But I believe you can learn from the devil. And I will tell you, like, I love seller be sold. You know, I love if you're not first, you're last. You know, I love all of those uh, all of those Grant Cardone books. I think they're phenomenal. You know, I can separate the message from the messenger. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah. That's that's why I personally. Um, you know, don't like the guy. Okay. No, that's, I, I respect that. I have, I, there's a lot of uh, Hollywood celebrities that I feel the same way. I'm like, I love their movies. I'll watch them. Yeah. Don't like their, uh, their politics, you know? Nope. <laughs> no, so I'm the same way. I could definitely separate that for sure. Um, so you have 20 or so bestsellers mm -hmm. on Amazon. Now you said, yeah. you, you said that you have your own publishing company now. Did you originally publish through Amazon or did you always Absolutely. have your own? Okay. Absolutely. I published through Amazon um, simply because it was simple. It was easy. And any book I put out will have availability on Amazon. Like a lot of people, they want to be really cool. Oh, I'm going to be so self-contained that I'm going to get completely off the grid. Listen here. I'm not John Connor. The machines aren't coming. Right. It doesn't. The T-1000 is not coming after me saying, come with me if you want to live. Like we're not doing any of that. Okay, so I'm going to put myself where people are. Like the song says, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. So I'm going to go where people already are. 
and then I'm going to bring them to me. So like quick free uh, strategy when it comes to books, right? Have the book on Amazon, yes, but make sure that you get like the special edition, the autograph copies, all that stuff. You get those and you sign them and you send them out yourself and then you can charge a higher premium just because you signed your name and slapped the label on it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be between 2 and $3 a book, but you're already making, you know, 18 to $25, depending on how the book is priced. You know, to me, it just makes sense. You, you go where the, the mainstream is and then you direct them off the beaten path. You don't just say, I'm going to, you know, cut out a field in Iowa and all of a sudden the ghost of baseball's grace is going to show up like I'm Kevin flipping Costner. Like, that's not reality. That's a field of dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I was I was going to ask you what what tips do you have for someone that wants to self publish a book, and so yeah, so you do it through Amazon, but make sure you uh, you buy some autograph copies and, and yeah, you buy you buy you buy author copies. Author copies are literally like between one and two bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is if you just push people to Amazon, you helping Bezos make another one of those penis rocket ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm not mad at, but like, why would you do that when you can just like if you spend. $200, you got yourself 100 books, right? Let's just do the math. You spend $200, you got yourself 100 books, right? If you sell 10 of those, you've already made your $200 back. So everything beyond that is now profit. You get yourself a stamps.com account with a little uh, with a little scale, and you you know what your packages are. You schedule pickups through UPS and USPS. People get their books, and then you give, themselves, you give yourself uh, a cushion by saying the seven magic words, allow four to six weeks for delivery. Mm-hmm. And you just hammer it out. Then you schedule your own book signings. You look at your podcast numbers because yeah. you should have a podcast and you see where, you know, where your audience is highly concentrated and you book your tours according to that. You hook up with influencers. You do joint venture partnerships. You take that book and you turn it into a course along with the book because people have a finite cost of a book. But a course, oh man, listen. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Uh, you said, uh, maybe, let's see here. I've got a whole bunch of questions for you, but. Uh, Take your time. I got nothing to do. You got nothing to do? Okay, good. Yeah, it's Monday night. Um, yeah, it's Monday night. It's just football other than that. Football right. and my family. So, <laughs> they'll always be there. You're, oh, my love. <laughs> you said uh, you're not a fan of parapreneurs. What's a parapreneur and why aren't you a fan? Okay, great question. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If you work in a legal office and you're not an attorney, you're a para legal. Okay. If you are in an ambulance and you're an EMT, you're not a doctor, but you're a para medic. Okay, great. If you have an FC shop or, or selling flat tummy tea or selling $5 jewelry that's going to make your neck rust, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a para preneur. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like it's like, listen, I met LeBron James in 2005, um, I think at like doing, doing an all-star event. And I saw some guy come up to him and he was like, yeah, you know, Bron, like, you know, I love, I love the way you post up, bro. It's crazy. I do the same thing in my pickup games at the Y. No, you don't. <laughs> you do not do what the... King LeBron James does on a basketball. You don't, you do not post up like Bronny, bro. Like you're five foot two, soaking wet, homie. Like you're <laughs> nothing like LeBron. Yeah. This game isn't a thing. Like if you're going to do that, you're just a person that owns your job. And I'm not knocking the Avon lady, but you're the flipping Avon lady. You don't have any skin in the game. You're not taking any risk. You're just trading one form of employment 
for another form of employment. In other words, you, you're trading a W-2 for 1099 mm -hmm. and you're not putting in any risk. That investment, you know, it's insured. It, it's fine. Um, you know, and, and no, I don't think that that's where you need to start in order to make your things happen. I think that you can get those skills by paying attention to people, building relationships. I used to hate sales. I used to think sales was icky. I used to think there were a bunch of blood sucking, bloodthirsty leeches that they, they were sucking off the tit of creative people like myself. And then I realized everything is sales. When I asked my mother for a yo-yo, so I don't know, what, where are you from? I live in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, good. Beautiful place. I almost took a job in Colorado Springs, but it was too cold and the elevation was too much for me. You know what? Uh, a, I just want to put that that note out to Californians. Um, it's fucking cold here. You wouldn't like it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> don't bring your weirdo shit over here. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. If you go and ask any person who was raised black with black parents, there's a thing that black mothers, for the most part, all say. And it goes like this when we go out. I can't speak for any other race. I'm just telling you as a black man, this is my experience, the experience of my peers as black people. Here you go. My mother would say, now we're going to go in this store. Don't touch anything. Don't bother me for anything. Don't you ask me for anything. If you do that, you may live. <laughs> do you know how many times I walked out of that store with a yo-yo or a toy or a candy bar or whatever? Zero times. Countless. That's being a good salesman, you, you have children, oh. so obviously, oh, right, right, so yeah. I, I, you, you, you have children, correct? Yeah, my son's always trying to pitch me shit. Yeah, he's like, hey, dad, look yeah. at the cereal. Yeah, yeah, he's a hustler. No, listen, <laughs> no, listen, the, the, everybody thinks I'm the best salesman. And no, my wife, my wife, my wife will use every tool in her quiver to get me. So we're in a supermarket one time. I put this in pitch closed up, so I repeat, because I realized I just got closed. She was like, Dave, listen, this shampoo is good, right? But this shampoo right here, this, this $5 shampoo, it's $5 more. But what's so great about it, honey, is you know how you say you like the way my hair smelled like when we were kids and you met me, you always said that my hair smelled great. I'm like, yeah, when you say it like that, it's creepy. But no, like, yeah. She's like, well, this gives me that smell. Plus, you know, you know how my hair bounces like that? And I'm like, yeah. She was like, yeah, this is going to do this a lot better. And this is going to last a lot longer than this bottle. But this bottle is cheaper and I don't want to be exorbitant with it. I'm like, babe, pay the extra $5. You good. And then I'm going to go, you know, I'm going over here to, in the beer section. And I, I take like three people. I'm like, she just closed me. Yeah. Closed me. That's what it is. If you've ever had consensual sex, you have closed. If you've ever convinced your parents to give you something, you have closed. We are salespeople by nature. We just don't acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal you know, that, that we take that, uh, that we take that approach if we're going to be successful in business. So yeah, no time for, sure. for parapreneurs. I, uh, I did sales for a while, uh, when I got out of the, the Navy actually. And, uh, that's one of the things I learned doing that was, uh, that everyone loves to shop, but no one loves to be sold. Boom. Yeah. So uh, okay, I, got, I got one last question here and then I think we can wrap up in cool. In one of your interviews, you said everyone is a unicorn, but most people don't realize that. What do you mm -hmm. mean by that? I think everybody is special in a certain way and not in a, you can achieve your dreams. Everybody is special. No, I think that most people 
are unicorns. I think everybody has something special in it. You know, like there's a movie that was originally uh, supposed to cast Dwayne Johnson. It's called The One. Jet Li actually got the role because Dwayne Johnson went and did The Scorpion King. Dwayne Johnson right? was supposed to be in The One? Jane Johnson was supposed to be The One. That fucking movie's awesome. Okay, yeah. Go it on. really is. It's one of the best movies. Anyway, the thing of it is, Jet Li, based upon one decision here, or one decision here could have been a surfer, a, 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 a scientist, a psychologist. He could have cured AIDS. Like, there's all these different variants of Jet Li's character in that movie. Yep. And only a few of them tapped into something special. And then once they realized that they could absorb each other's energy, then they wanted to be the one, you know, person. And I think that's the one thing that we all search for. We search for the one. If you look at Highlander, the whole concept of that is there can be only one. That, to me, that's a metaphor for the decisions that you make in life, right? There's one ultimate path. There's several great paths. There's several wonderful paths, but there's one ultimate path. And that's the thing that you're completely good at that literally scares the dog crap out of you. And that's the thing that's going to get you to where you need to be. And most people aren't, they're not built to face what's on the other side of that fear because they don't want to go through the fear. They don't want to go through the pain. They would rather just eke out a little living sit in their cubicle and be like George Jetson with Uniblab over his shoulder, pressing one button and listening to an old balding man tell you Jetson you're fired and then make you vice president when he realize he can't run the company without you, but he'll never pay you enough to live next to him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's what I mean. Everybody's a unicorn. Most people will never realize. Most people spend their lives being average. Yeah. Most people, <laughs> was it tiptoe quietly hoping for death? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I read somewhere that most people die when uh die when they're die when they're thirty, but they get buried when they're seventy. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I, I refuse. I, listen, I I want it. I want it all. I want everything that's coming to me. I, listen, I know what it's like to have more month at the end of the money, and that sucks. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like when clients don't pay you on time, and that sucks. But man, <laughs> I am up. <laughs> A lot more than I'm down. And the problems I have now, the kid that was doing radio for 25 years of his life would pray for. Mm -hmm. Because I chose that one path that I knew was going to take me to where I wanted to ultimately go. And that's it, man. Most people just don't. Like, you get your creativity beat out of you from school, from church, from parents, from tradition, from 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 media conditioning. So by the time you get to any place where you start to think for yourself, you're like, yeah, the hell with it. I'll just, oh, well, damn that. I'm not going to be Mr. Holland. Do you ever see that movie, Mr. Holland's Office? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. I know. You should it. watch it. People, people say it's a great movie. I like it. I, I, it's one of my favorite movies, but for an obvious reason, for an unobvious reason. And that's that Mr. H Spoiler alert. Mr. Holland does not write the great American symphony. <laughs> Mr. Holland never makes it out of the high school. Like, mm -hmm. but 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 his opus is all the people he helped along the way. Great. Cool. He, <laughs> you help you help the girl play the clarinet. She becomes the governor of the state. She ain't giving you no check, Mr. Holland. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm hoping people be great and I'm getting a check. Those things can those things are definitely, you know, um in sync with each other. You know, so like th that's where I am with it, man. I think you can do both. And I think you can, you know, hit a path that makes you happy and makes you profitable. Happiness and profitability can go hand in hand. I believe that.
Got it. All right. Dave, this has been a really great conversation. Where can people find you online? You, you mentioned your, uh, your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you can go to uh, businessbullyshow.com. You can check out my podcast, subscribe to my YouTube, all those things, businessbullyshow.com. If you want to have a conversation before signing up to my craziness and come getting, uh, come getting me curse you out with metaphors and, and similes like I'm in a rap battle, um, you can go to freegamealert.com. Free Game Alert. In my community, game is knowledge. So I'm giving you free knowledge. It's freegamealert.com. You can watch my case study. You can hear about my clients. And, you know, you can make yourself an, uh, an amazing move. But for the most part, man, I just want folks to come check me out, check out what I have, listen to what I have to say, and realize that if a dumb schmuck like me can make something to myself, there's nothing you can't do, because I guarantee you're probably better looking, most likely smarter. But, you know, I'm just, I'm a bold son of a you-know-who. So, (laughs) you know, I, I I think if folks can just get the boldness in them and get the systems in place... You know, I want to say this and I'll shut up. They teach you from a very young age that all you have to do is work hard. Don't you know a bunch of hardworking broke people? Yeah, yeah. So, So you can't hard work your way to the penthouse. It takes systems and smart, calculated work. You know, and that's the thing, man. Like, you're not going into the mine without a canary. I just want to be a canary. I want to help as many people as I possibly can. So thank you for having me. You know, thank you for letting me do this. I love, I love your show. I'm a fan, you know, so, you know, continue to make men look good out here, bro. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. And, and when you are going to go on um, Madison Square Garden, you're going to headline that. Come back on, yeah. promote it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm at, funny thing is I'm supposed to be heading to uh, Madison Square Garden to meet with some folks, I think in like two weeks. Perfect. So, I'm excited about that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, I'm going to do it on my 50th birthday. Like, so November 19th, 2022. All right. Uh, I'm not 2027. Okay. November 19th, 2027, Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, definitely uh, we'll uh, keep you posted. But that's the last thing on the list. But, you know, yeah. I got to put new stuff on the list because I ain't trying to die. Yeah. Well, when uh, <laughs> when I'm syndicated on uh, Sirius FM and all that shit, like, I mean, come on, come back on and promote it. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm here for it. Let's do it. all right man you have a good one thank you so much dave thank you for joining me today great conversation um guys if you want to know more about dave i put links to all of his stuff in the the description if you are looking for help with your business he's a solid dude to talk to he's turned lots of businesses around so i recommend looking into it and at at the very least follow him on instagram because he's got some really good content on there all right guys that's all i have for this week we'll see you next time this has been the come on man podcast new full episodes served hot every monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice so subscribe now follow paul on social media The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.